Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker joining me via Skype. And uh, Justin, it's a beautiful day outside, 80 degrees. And uh, I don't know where you're sitting in your house, but I'm in a basement. An unfinished basement is where I'm sitting right now. (laughs) Well, I'm sitting in the corner of my rental property. And... Uh, there are no windows in this corner, so it's very bleak that mm. I'm staring at a wall. <laughs> All right, well, that's funny because I'm in the basement and I have windows. <laughs> not the, not like, not great windows. You know, they're like the ones where you actually can't see anything out of them. It looks like you're, you're like 23 drinks in when you look out the window. Very, oh, yeah. very blurry and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> but there is some light coming in. Only, only one of them. The other two three around me are uh, all underneath a deck so you, no no light there uh, but okay you're here to ta- to hear about hockey and you know we we've, we've been watching a lot I don't know, I don't know uh, how much uh, our listeners have been watching but uh, it's hard to hard to stay away and uh, for me of course I've been watching every every Tampa Toronto game that that has been my my go-to when that's been on last night I saw it was like the first time since 1991 that there were four game fives on at the same time dude or, so well, good. Not on, on the same day that were sorry. tied two to two on the same day yeah. uh yes that were tied two to two yeah so, so good I, I love pretty. it I'm a little upset that the penguins couldn't be tied with the Rangers two to two and and make it another trifecta of three more of them tonight but it is what it is well see I'm not because I picked the Penguins to win. I picked <laughs> them in seven, though. I I picked them in seven. Um, oh well, you know, before we uh, before we get to the the, the playoffs in hand, uh, let's just get to a couple of I'll say housekeeping items. Uh, first is Barry Trotz fired from the New York Islanders. I mean, get us to uh, the third round a couple of years and uh, miss the playoffs, and now you're done. So uh, Barry Trotz out as the head coach of the Islanders. What what do you think of this? Dude, I'm not really that shocked, to be quite honest. I mean, we're talking about the same Lou Lamorello that fired Claude Julian from the Montreal Canadiens when they were number one in their division, right? Um, so this true. is a guy that won't, you know, does does not care about timing or how good or how bad you've been. He'll just, he'll let you go, right? But, I mean, to, to look at the Islanders as a whole, right, this season, I... I don't want to say it's kind of a wash, but when you basically spend, you know, the first half of your season on the road and you you're trying to, you know, stay competitive with the rest of the NHL, it's I mean, it's it's a difficult task. And, um, you know, I, I got to commend Barry Trotz, what he did with a team that, in my opinion, didn't have a lot of talented players. I mean, they were, in my opinion, a bunch outside of maybe Matthew Barzell, um, a bunch of second line guys at best that were playing on this team. And yeah, he um, coached him up real he coached him up good there, you know? Yes, say it. Um, I mean, <laughs> and he took a bunch of no-name defensemen, right, and turned them into yeah. just yeah. just top two pairing guys all, you know, up and down that. And Varlamov, who was just, in my opinion, I, I mean, he was, he was a good goaltender, but he wasn't great and goes into New York and gets his deal. Barry Trotz comes in and basically says, okay, cool, now you're going to be an elite goaltender, you know, a top right. ten. And... I mean, gosh, the system he ran in there just it squeezed every ounce out of every one of those players. Um, All right, you know, and, I mean, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say uh, because, of course, there's there's lots. I mean, 
Barry Trotz, we, we know what he brings to the table. I, I want to get your thoughts on where you think he's going to go. Because, yeah. I mean, he is, I, I won't say at his peak. Remember, I mean, this guy, he can't do anything right. He wins the cup, gets fired. Well, doesn't get re-signed. <laughs> and then he takes his team to two Final Fours. And then just he just misses the play. I mean, misses the playoffs in a really weird year. Like we can all we can all brush this year off for the Islanders. I think pr- like pretty reasonably, especially since Lou Lamarillo did nothing at the deadline. I to me that was a vote of confidence. That was a hey uh, this this isn't this is this is a fluke. Uh, so we'll 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 figure it out in the off season. Well, obviously this is them figuring out in the off season. Um, but this guy is still maybe top five coach in the NHL. Yeah, without where, a doubt. Where is he going to go? Because, I mean, I I would think that any team without a head coach or any team that was considering letting their head coach go uh, has now shot them a quick text to let them know that uh, if Barry Trotz is willing to come in, they're going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, there's probably no shortage of teams with or without head coaches solidified right now that are calling, right? I mean, you could obviously be the candidates like, you know, Chicago or Detroit, I'm sure, have probably made their inquiries already. Uh, a team like Winnipeg, for example, they need a head coach. His hometown, too. Yeah, from Manitoba, right? That would be a good fit, a bunch of veteran guys that he could probably squeeze a little bit more out of because Winnipeg's been a team to me that I always, year in and year out, I just look at them and I'm like, man, I expected more out of this team. I wanted more out of Winnipeg. Even right? when so the, even the, when they were good and in the playoffs, you go, "Oh man, they lost in the in the second round." I, I expected them to go to the final. Like they they right. were that good at one point, you know, a couple years ago. So here's here's the thing though that I I propose to you because this is what I think is going to be more intriguing is you know this first round of the playoffs. There's going to be a handful of teams that really were good good teams that probably could have gone you know, to the the conference finals, could have made it deep in the playoffs had it not been for their matchup in the first round um, that maybe could look at Barry Trotz and say, you know what, we want to make a change. For example, Florida Panthers, right? If they get eliminated by the Washington Capitals here, you think they're going to look at Barry Trotz and be like, hmm, we could bring this guy in or we could go with, you know, Andrew Burnett, who's who maybe wasn't ready to be a head coach and just took over at, you know, the wrong time. And so we're just going to we're going to bring this guy in now and uh, give Trotz a chance to, to get a little bit more out of this group because, man, wouldn't that be something? But, I mean, honestly, I think right now if, you, if, you're, if you're a betting man, I think the odds on favorite right now might be Winnipeg just because that's his hometown. And he's also looking for management opportunities and the way Kevin Chevel layoff's been the last few years. I think maybe there might be an opportunity for him to get more of a voice in that lock or in that, that management structure. Hmm, that's an interesting... Uh... I didn't hear that. Is that something that you heard that he was uh, looking for, like management opportunities? Yeah, I think that was Elliot Freeman texted something about that, oh, okay. like Tweeting when he it. was fired. So, gotcha. Um, well, yeah, that would be interesting. I also thought I texted this to my brother. I said, you know, if the Leafs happen to lose to uh, to Tampa, I think I, I think it's almost it's almost assured that you're going to fire Sheldon Keefe if you could get Barry Trotz in Toronto. You would fire him. You know, if you thought oh, you had a shot, doubt. he's he's gone. And uh, now, after last night's comeback victory, uh, you, you got to feel a little better. But you know, thus far, Sheldon Keith, Mike Babcock, doesn't matter who who it was. 
Uh, they have this group. That Leafs group is like one in eight when they lead a series uh, since 2017. <laughs> that and the other thing they're working against, Tampa Bay has only won 17 games in a row in the playoffs after losing a game. I mean, that stat so you know what that is means. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Oh, I mean, suppose they've got a shot because, uh, you know, hey, Tampa could still, they could win that 18th game and the Leafs still got a, you know, a, a game seven in there. But, oh, man, just for my nerves. Could they just win a damn game <laughs> when they're up in the series? Like, can we just not go to game seven again? Because, you know, yeah, anyways, I just, I can't. <laughs> You know that's going to be a mental issue for Toronto when they get in there, right? The media, everybody's going to be just after them. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's and that's exactly. I will say yes, but that also that's what what happened after Game Two when it was like, up, oh, you're up in a series, yeah, you guys stunk Game Game Two, and then up, oh, see Game Four, you guys were terrible. You had a chance to take a stranglehold on the series, and you didn't. And it, it's it's kind of this funny, you know. This team is different than last year's team, uh, is different than the team before in in some respects. Uh, and it's funny to, to, you know, we compare the previous years. But if this were just, if you just separated everything out and you go, oh, the Leafs had a great game, then Tampa had a great game, then the Leafs had a great game, then Tampa had a great game, and then they both played pretty great and the Leafs came out on top. Like, that's pretty much how the series has gone. And if you were watching this series and it were any other team but the Leafs, you would go, I think the Leafs have a pretty good shot at winning that game six in Tampa, the way that they played there at the end. If they can play like that and just like come out strong, they could win. If it were any other team, if it were Boston, if it were what Pittsburgh, uh, any any team, they, they would probably go, yeah, they, they seem to, uh, you know, they they're they're winning all the different kinds of ways and blah 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 blah. I I just think if it were any team but the Leafs, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But but here we are because they're the Leafs. Oh, um, Barry Trotz, you think he'll go to Winnipeg? Uh, that's the odds on favorite. Now that's where I don't want him to go. But um, but you want him? You want? No, I don't want him to go to Florida because. Honestly. Oh, no. I want him to come to Detroit. Are you kidding me? Oh, okay. Well, then, then I think, Yeah, if you're going to take the next step as a franchise, right, you bring in a better – I mean, Steve Eiserman's come out and said he wants a veteran voice behind that bench. He doesn't want a rookie coach like he did with would John he, Cooper. Would he hire you know. Joel Quinville? Oh, no. God, no. <laughs> you don't think so? Oh, no, no. You're not You're not going down that road, you know, that oh. media circus that's oh, going to follow I mean, with him. So. Apparently, he's. Uh, there are many teams asking about him to come back. I mean, hey, if he's uh, because he's been taking classes, you know. Yeah, I mean, eventually, he's but been taking uh, some classes. I, I don't know. If Joe what are they teaching the Detroit? Hey, when right. someone comes to you and says, "That guy over there, he touched my dick," and uh, and and what what are the questions on the test? True or false? How big is it? Ignore ignore their plea. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a pretty easy false, I think. Yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> so okay, yeah, I, I, that would be fun. Barry Trotz to Detroit. I think that he would. Uh, you know, everyone would be like, "Oh, they could. T- he could turn them into a playoff team overnight." I don't know about that, but uh, it would sort of remind me of when Mike Babcock went to Toronto. You know that, like, all right, Toronto was really bad. Remember, like his first season, Toronto finished last in the league. Uh, 
the Leafs were really bad. And he took it as a like, well, if I can go in there and turn this franchise around, I'll be a like, that would be the ultimate, right? And I'd say that Detroit is a pretty similar kind of vibe. Like Barry Trotz has coached from the bottom up, you know, the Predators and and uh, certainly got them in a position of uh, where they were, you know, had a chance to uh, to do do good things in the league, made them a perennial playoff team, what, what have you. Uh, I think it would be an awesome challenge for Barry Trotz to go into Detroit. They wouldn't be all of a sudden the best team in the league or, you know, or, or anywhere close to it, but it would be fun to see him actually be with the team from not the ground up, but like kind of those beginning stages of, of getting good and see what he can do with them. I, I, I would love to see it. That'd be great. Me too. (laughs) Um, okay. What, what else do we, what, what other housekeeping things do we have to hit? Oh, we, we need the, uh, the draft lottery was last night and the Montreal Canadiens uh, take the number one pick. I think it's their first number one pick in like a million years. Um, I don't know that anyone's alive still from uh, back when Montreal <laughs> had a had a first overall pick. What was their first overall pick since like 1940 or something like that? I think that's what I read. I might be wrong. Uh, you can tweet at us if I'm wrong, but I saw something about 1940 in the Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, uh, it was... 1980, by the way. Oh, 1980. They oh. selected forward Doug it was, Wickenheiser. It was 42 years ago. That's what it was. 42, 42. years ago. Yeah, yeah, Doug Wickenheiser. He turned out not so great. Not, not for so a first good. overall pick. <laughs> not when you could have gotten like Ray Bork, I think, in that draft or something, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the uh, the downside is that, you know, Shane Wright, well, he's going to be a good player. Uh, he's definitely no, like, Connor Bedard coming the following year, like a, or you know, he's not going to be Sidney Crosby. He's not going to be a McDavid or Eichel or Matthews or anything. Um, I think I've seen different uh, different predictions, different comparables, and <laughs> the one that I I thought was most appropriate was uh, Mika Zibanejad was was kind of a comparable, like a, a top a top center goal scorer. He's big, but. He's you know he's not going to be top ten player in the league kind of guy, right? Yeah, I mean I've I've seen other comparables like Patrice Bergeron. He has a very good two way game from what I understand and everything I've read. Um, you know, obviously I haven't seen much tape on this kid and haven't seen him play live or anything like that, so I can't speak to great lengths. But again, what I've read, yeah, Amika Zabenajad, a Patrice Bergeron. I mean, you would love it if, if you turned out to be a, a Bergeron-type player but or even a, a Zabinijad, really. I mean, gosh, I would take either one of those. That would be a success for a number one pick. But you're right. He's not going to be their Conor McDavid's or an Austin Matthews-type guy, right? He's not going to be that elite number one center going to take over, right. drive a team. Probably Nico, Nico Heischer is a good is a good number one overall comparable. Either him or like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, sure. Good player. Probably will have some... Uh, close to point per game seasons, but he's never going to be like, you're, you're never going to want him to be the only guy, I guess is, is the way that I foresee that. Um, not that the league really goes that way. Anyways, there's, there's very few, um, high end players that just play by themselves, uh, with like crappy line mates. It just doesn't, doesn't work. You got to have at least one other guy. Um, the New Jersey devils move up, uh, speaking of Nico Heischer, and they'll have the opportunity to, uh, to you know, you can take uh, 
Slavkovsky, who is the number one uh, for international skaters, and uh, he he did really well in the uh, in the Olympics. I think he was most valuable player of the tournament in the Olympics. So you uh, you've got a good European player, a good winger for the New Jersey Devils to take. Kind of add to that uh, bevy of centers, and of course, once again, the Arizona Coyotes. Nothing good happens to them in the, in the lottery. <laughs> Uh, but we'll, we'll talk draft later. Uh, but it's, uh, I guess I'm happy for Montreal because after all the crap that had to, that happened this year with, with Carey price and, and Shea Weber and all this, that, uh, they'll, they'll get to have a good player up there and, and maybe they're, they're finally have a, a top set, a real true top center on Montreal. I, it, it's been a minute. Like, Who's the last true number one center that they had on their team? Like we're not Philip Deneau, not a number one center. He's Zaku Koivu, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I guess you could go. Uh, was Placanics a center? Thomas yes, Placanics? he was. I mean, that's about as close to a number one as they've had, right? Like, not that he was anything and he real fits the mold, special. Right, that- He's that that two way center that can chip in some offense. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. that's what you might be getting. And I mean, hey, look, I, I think Shane Wright and and you know Nick Suzuki would be a, a very good one two punch to have. And you can you don't have to you know categorize one guy as your top line guy and the other as the second line. You could roll either one out at almost any time. So I think sure. that's that's a great number one two punch to have if you're Montreal. There we go. Uh, last little note. Uh, this is does have to do with the playoffs, but uh, Darnell Nurse suspended for Game Six, so that's a that's a big blow. Uh, he headbutted Philip Deneau in Game Five. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Stupid. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he'll be suspended, and the Oilers must win in order to force a Game Seven. Pretty, uh, pretty exciting game that that Game Five last night. The Oilers coming back, and they just couldn't close it out there in in OT, but. Uh, LA has, and it's 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 interesting because you got LA and you have Dallas, the two teams that everyone went, nah, not going to happen. Sorry, guys. Uh, they both have basically done the same thing, just made it boring as shit, and they've been winning. <laughs> Those two <laughs> series have been very boring at times, especially that Calgary Dallas series has been bo- has been real draggy at times to watch. But that's the way those teams win in the playoffs. Like they don't have any other choice. Uh, but yeah, that uh, Darnell Nurse won't be there for Game Six, so that's that's a very big blow for the Oilers. Yeah, speaking of, I mean, blows to the defense, right? I mean, you've got L.A. who brings in a defenseman off, you know, just the scratch list and Troy Stetcher, and he puts up four points in two games, just killing it for L.A. And I mean, what a pickup from Detroit that from was. Detroit. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. from Detroit. And then you, I mean, the opposite side, right? You lose your top guy on defense if you're Edmonton. I mean, listen, Mike Smith has done a great job at that, you know, keeping them in these in these games in front of that net. He's been, you know, he's got great numbers to show for it. Um, yeah, he's had a, a little bit of a gaffe and, you know, I can't, I think it was game two or whatever it was where he gave the puck game away. One, just yeah, stupidly. Game one. one, yeah, that's what it was. Um, but I mean, other than that, he's been, he's been rock solid for this team and giving them a chance every night. It's just... You know, Edmonton is just getting stifled by L.A. They just they like to play that quick north-south game, and Edmonton or in L.A. is just really clogging things up for them, not giving them you know a lot of opportunities. And um, you know, 
Connor McDavid, only two goals. I mean, Grant, yes, he does have the points to go with it, but as far as assists are concerned, but I mean, two goals, that's just, that's not enough for me. Um, they're, you know, their backs are against the wall now and they're going to have to do it without their, their top defenseman. So, uh, Mike Smith going to have to stand on his head a little bit more. And I mean, luckily for them, they're not facing a potent, you know, a big offensive powerhouse or juggernaut really. So, um, you know, they might be able to survive this one, but we'll see. And then, uh, I'd be interested to see what happens if they lose this series, the ramifications in the off season are going to be fun for me to watch. Another possible location for uh, Barry Trotz, apparently. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, let's talk Nashville, Colorado, because it is the one series that is done. Um, Colorado eliminates the Predators in four games. Uh, only one of those games, I think, was a, a one-goal game. It was a very lopsided series. Um, what did you take from this series? I mean, my first impression was, boy, they, they are missing UC Soros. They just were, they looked pedestrian without him. I mean, it was, yes, I, I, I liked what I saw to Matt Duchesne, Granlin, Forsberg, these guys. I mean, Forsberg did take a while to, you know, to get going and score some goals. But um, for the most part, I mean, look, they, they had their top guys playing all right. They weren't playing otherworldly like they would have needed them to get past this um, Oh, what the you heck know, are you going to do? Team? What are you going to do when you've got a freaking defenseman with three goals and ten points in four I games? <laughs> I mean, Kale McCarr only on pace for a, to to like break the record in points in the playoffs. <laughs> Dude, I mean, listen, he, he's going to face some tougher goaltenders as these you know as these playoffs go along. Yes, so absolutely. I don't think he's going to have it as easy. But I mean, still, you got to credit or give credit where credits due. Colorado just played their game. They came at you hard and fast. And really, it was just – it was a one, one-sided one show. I mean, I, I don't really know what to say that, you know, isn't obvious. That just they were outmatched, outplayed, and just out everything. Yeah, maybe the more interesting conversation is actually, okay, so the Preds, they they held on to Philip Forsberg to be able to make the playoffs. They, they made the, a decent push at the end. They go and they make the playoffs – UC Saros, let's just uh, let's just say it this way: they pushed him and used him uh, as they should because he is a top goaltender in the NHL this season. And uh, you know, sixty-seven games of regular season play is just insane. <laughs> it's too yeah. much, and it showed. They they paid the price for playing him too much in the regular season, and now. He's, uh, you know, he he's hurt. Doesn't play the first round at all, and really, your entire playoff run was screwed from the start. Not even because you pulled the the Avalanche. I mean, really, they were they're one goal away from winning game two. They could have, you know, you get it, you get a nice bounce in OT, and and suddenly it's one one, and the series feels completely different. Uh, especially heading back to Nashville, uh, you you might have had a a shot if you had UC Saros. But without UC Saros, you just knew. You knew this series was over before it even started. They, they weren't going to be able to to hold back all the waves that Colorado can splash on you without having somebody who can stand in their head for 60 minutes. You knew they were going to lose. So, yeah, they sacrificed Juicy Saros to make the playoffs, and and that's that. And, and now the question becomes, 
did you also sacrifice the resources and the assets you could have gotten had you traded Philip Forsberg at the deadline? And yeah, you might have missed the playoffs, but uh, like, what does the future hold now for the Nashville Predators? Yeah, I mean, I will say Forsberg has come out since that playoffs series has ended that he wants to stay in Nashville. That's his priority, right? But I, I agree, and, and I think he's made that clear all along. He wants to stay in Nashville. The the dot dot dot, but is, I mean, yeah, I'm willing to stay in Nashville if they give me this much money, right? Like if they're yes. going to give me the same amount that I could get elsewhere or pretty I mean, damn luck- close. Yeah. And luckily for him, right. There's no state tax in Tennessee. So that kind of helps a lot with your negotiation tactics. But at the same time, you know, Nashville's got $25 million in cap space next season. They don't have any other big name players to resign. Uh, you know, Matthias Eckholm's locked up. He's got his extension. So really, you can spend the money on him, but it's really, should we, right? Or do you try to convince Forsberg to say, hey, you know what? We need to go spend some money on some other UFAs so we can bring in other pieces to really solidify our middle six, which is where we've struggled the biggest, right? When it come, when we have to match up against these top-tier teams. And so, you know, they're going to – I mean, obviously, Philip Forsberg's going to look at Matt Duchesne and Ryan Hurts and say, hey, you know what? I want at least $8 million. He could probably go in free agency – and get nine and a half million dollars somewhere because you know there's going to be teams out there that would want that kind of goal scoring, that type of power forward he is, and what he brings to the table, right? I mean, really, I mean, up until this year, he hasn't played with any elite center. So if you get a team that maybe has a really good center and you say, hey, we can throw you with this guy who's proven to really, you know, produce, that might, you know, that might tip the scales a little bit. Yeah, he's almost on pace for 50 goals this year, too. So. I mean, not only is he putting up points, he's scoring goals, and those right. are those are valuable. Uh, I I'll be honest. If there's a team that I could I could see saying, you know what, we're gonna go out and we're gonna get this guy, we're gonna pay for him. I could see the Philadelphia Flyers going out and trying to get Philip Forsberg. Ooh, I could see them. You know, hey, they could James Van Riemsdyk. Seven million bucks, but one year left on his on his deal. No, 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 uh, no trade clauses or anything like that. That's a that's a pretty easy contract to move at the draft. Uh, I would think that somebody would be willing to to take it on, uh, especially you know, hey, you send a third round pick along with it, and a team gets a third round pick and James Van Reeb. I mean, James Van Reeb bikes. James Van. <laughs> I'm trying to like talk too fast. Still scored twenty four goals this year, um, and was and was very. He's been very healthy, so uh, I think you'd you find a team who'd be you know they want that net front presence. Still got great hands. One more year at seven million bucks. There's your there's your money freed up to be able to go out and perhaps bring in a Philip Forsberg for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, if if it's if I'm a betting man, I think it's going to be hard for Nashville to keep Philip Forsberg because I think he's going to think he can get a lot of money on the market. Yeah, and one dark horse, I'm going to throw this team out there because I just would love to see them throw the money out there. Um, and getting to play with a guy like Matty Beneers, I think Seattle could be a dark horse team that might throw some money at Forsberg and say, hey, you know what, we want you to come in here. We want you to be the next maybe potential captain of this team. And you get to play alongside with this young, talented center uh, at Matty Beneers and you guys can just light it up because I, I really I think Matty Beneers is going to be a star in this league maybe not you know a top 10 
top five player, but um, you know, I think he's definitely going to be. When you talk about centers, maybe he might be a top ten at some point in the next couple of years. So, all right, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, either way, I'm kind of leaning with you too. I don't think Forsberg stays with Nashville. I think obviously this team has got some issues. Obviously, I think you know finding a backup goaltender is going to be a priority. Going out and getting a guy like maybe Braden Holtby overpaying a little bit. Maybe they convince Mark Andre Fleury to come down there. I don't know. Um, um, I, I mean, all the other side of it is do do I do I trust do I trust in the Matt Duchesne eighty six point season forty three goals when right. he when yeah, he scored thirty goals one other time in his career? Do I trust right. that this is the Duchesne that we're going to get next year? Because I certainly don't. Uh, I think that the, it's probably somewhere more in the middle. I think he's probably more like, you know, hey, a, a 70 point, 65, 70 point guy um, with 30 goals might be a 30, 25. I, I just don't know if I trust the season that he had. And if I'm Philip Forsberg, I'm going, I mean, he's not, he's 31, or Duchesne's 31, Johansson's about to turn 30, Granlin's 30. Uh, I, I know you've got Tanner Janot and like Luke Coonan, those guys coming, but that's that's not enough to really make me want to stay. And like Roman Yossi, he's he's thirty one, gonna going on thirty two. I mean Eckholm, same thing. I don't know. I don't know that that. I mean, if he gets an, if he gets the money, he'll stay. I think like he obviously likes it, but I just don't know how much I trust this season of the Predators. Like, Next year, we're going to go back to a team that, you know, is looks more like, uh, like a Vancouver did this year, or yeah, that like, or like a Winnipeg that team that they're kind of there, but they're not really. That's how I see the Predators going into next year. Like, I don't know how that team's going to going to continue the pace that they they were firing at when you've got some teams below them that are going to be trying to improve as well so that's where i'd stand on the predators uh colorado moving on to the next round it looks like they i mean we don't know who they're gonna take they'll, they'll either take on minnesota or st louis if you're colorado who do you want to pull in that next oh, round? i think i think right now looking at the way the series has gone you'd rather pull um you know minnesota at this point i think you know just because um you know yes kirill the thrill has been just lights out, just obviously setting a record for most goals in a series for the Minnesota Wild uh, in franchise history. But outside of that, really, the rest of the offense has been kind of low-key, right? Uh, a little disappointing for me. So, you know, I think, again, you look at St. Louis, they've been there, they've got the experience, the pedigree, they've got really difficult centers down the middle, and not only that, too, but uh, they've got guys that can play that two-way game and guys that can play that high-end skill game with guys like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. So they're going to come at you with every which way. Now, um, the, on, the, on the flip side of that, right, if you play St. Louis, their goaltending's not, not as good, right, as maybe I would be worried for, you know, Minnesota, their goaltending. But, you know, hey, I mean, pick your poison. I think I'd rather play a team that's, you know, got some, uh, you know, mediocre goaltending and uh, lackluster forwards versus a but team But they're that's a team that some, have won the cup, so they know right. how to win. That would be the one thing that they have on you, right? Like, that hey, some of these guys have won the cup, and we are still chasing it. Uh, now, at the same time, I think Colorado probably looks at whoever they pull in the next series, 
and they go, we can beat them. That's fine. We'll beat them. <laughs> I, yeah. And Colorado has probably out of any team in the NHL, they have the easiest path to the Stanley Cup. The easiest path. I mean, I mean that's fair to say, I, right? I mean, because Carolina. Let's assume Car. Let's say Carolina wins tonight, uh, or or you know, or maybe Boston wins the series. But either way, next round you got to take on either the Penguins. Is sure what it looks like, uh, or the New York Rangers. Uh, not an easy series there either uh, for the Leafs or the Lightning. I guess it could be like. Does anyone really think Washington's going to beat Florida? Best two out of three here. I just don't. Uh, so, I mean, you're pulling Florida in the next round. It doesn't matter. Florida, Florida. either way, you're getting a hard team to play in the next round. And, uh, yeah, it just seems like that's the one the one team that kind of has this, like, they look like they could beat anybody uh, in the Western Conference, at least. I mean, it'll be nice. For, I The West is getting all screwed up because of <laughs> Dallas and L.A. <laughs> What the heck? Yeah. My bracket's going to hell again. <laughs> Always happens. Every year, my bracket just busted. That's why I just pick one team. I, I, I literally, I kid you not, I pick one team, and I'm just like, you know what? They probably won't, but I'm going to have them go to the Stanley Cup Finals just because. Why not? Yep. I have the same team go to the Stanley Cup Finals every year. <laughs> and uh, It's worked out real well. And it's, you know, the last time, uh, last time it worked out, I was minus 19 years old. Uh, yeah, that's uh, before I was born, if you didn't pick up on that. Uh, all right. Well, that is, uh, I mean, the one series that's done, I, I think we've, there's, you like, don't even want to, it's, it's like the hardest one to, to want to break down. Cause it's just like, yeah, the predators and the Nash or, and the, and the avalanche. I mean, yeah, the avalanche beat them because they had a whole team and Nashville didn't. Okay. <laughs> like that's kind of it, and uh, right. and and now I, it'll be I think a little more interesting to break down some of these other series once they once the dust really settles from them because there are some good teams uh, that have spent resources to uh, to win this round and somebody's going to lose and uh, I there are some potential heads rolling if there is a loss so. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens here in the coming days. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts before we sign off this evening? Yeah. Uh, well, just one little last comment on the Nashville-Colorado series. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tanner Janot, right? Zero penalty minutes. Finished third in the league this year in penalty minutes. I expected just a chippier game out of him, maybe to slow Colorado down. I don't know if he just couldn't keep up or what, but hmm. too bad. Yeah, that's the... Uh, First first playoff experience, and uh, you got a little nervous, maybe. You got schooled. <laughs> uh, well, Tanner Janot, start taking penalties. Come on, bro. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I agree. You're, like, hoping, A, your team's down in the series. Get in a fight. Do something, right. you know. Just shake things up. Wake your team up. Do something to piss the other guys off and hope hope they make a mistake. Anything. Uh, I, I don't disagree. I, I, playoffs come, and... And you got to go a little old school sometimes. So come on, Tanner, what the heck? Uh, he'll he'll have another chance, but not next year if he's on the Predators because they're going to miss the playoffs next year. <laughs> Put it down, all right, right now. Making my playoff predictions for twenty twenty three. Yeah, I might be rescinding that. I don't know. Uh, but 
Justin, I hope you have a, a great rest of your evening. To our listeners, thanks for uh, for listening today. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. And until the next time, enjoy that playoff hockey.